This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. The, the biggest thing is just having perseverance to keep going. You never know when your next break's going to be. You never know when that light bulb is going to flick on, right? So for anyone starting up, like you just got to keep grinding. But we shipped a we shipped a net to Latvia. Some guy reached out to us on on Instagram. We sent it to him. It was like two hundred dollars to ship. And I never heard back from him. And then one night I remember waking up and my phone was just going crazy. And we woke up to a viral video from the Latvian Olympic volleyball team. And there was like 12 million views, 6,000 comments. Our Shopify store was just going crazy. I wake up, we were struggling at retail at that time. We were in two stores. We're only in two stores. And I got an email from my buyer who had been ignoring me for like half a year now. And he said, yo, they all sold out overnight. I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, can I? Can we go nationwide with you guys in 32 locations? I was like, Jesus. So at one little moment, man, we shipped a random net to Latvia. We woke up with a viral video. We then take that video and monetize it on Facebook. And that was the start to, to CrossNet 2.0. This was Chris Mead, 28 years young, a Forbes 30 under 30 nominee, who together with his co-founders invented a new sport that mixes Foursquare with volleyball. Today you can catch CrossNet on ESPN and the product sells in over 3000 locations in the US and across the world. Chris and I talk about naming not only a brand, but a sport. How to create not only momentum, but a movement. The latest in digital marketing and why communication internally and externally is key to brand success. And we touch on a whole lot more on this awesome episode. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank the latest supporters of the show, Jakub Kantor and Nathalia for joining the Creative Circle. If you want to up the ante with your brand or with your creative business while offsetting some of the costs of bringing Hitting the Mark to you every three weeks, then join the small group of brand strategists and entrepreneurs from across the globe who hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly. Head on over to patreon.com slash hitting the mark to check it out. And now, without further ado, over to my great chat with Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey man, thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been looking forward to this. In your, in your LinkedIn bio, you introduce yourself by stating just a 28-year-old kid from a farm town in Connecticut who had a great idea with his friends for a four-way volleyball game. And then you finish by saying, on a rocket ship and tons of fuel left in the tank. <laughs> so as, as my listeners know, I, I talk with founders from all ways of life with products and services as diverse as toothpaste and legal service, but never had the opportunity to talk with someone who not only introduced a new brand, but a brand new sport. And you and your co-founders were not even volleyball players. You were just on the hunt for a good idea and the volleyball meets Foursquare concept just happened to float to the top. How did that idea come about? How did you turn it into a reality? And, um, and what, have, what, what have been some of the challenges educating mankind that there's a new game in town? 
it's a fun challenge man it's uh, oh yeah i'm sure it, it, it's hard it's it's not too often you get to connect with somebody who has also invented the sport so we're just kind of learning with uh learning as we go but yeah one night we were up we were up late at night thinking of how miserable we were at our day jobs and what was life going to pan out for the next 40 years and we wrote down the idea of four-way volleyball and we were just brainstorming and we're like, how has nobody ever done this before, right? <laughs> and so we went to Google, we went to uh, went to Facebook, Instagram. Not a single picture was out there. Nothing existed. And we're like, why not us? So we went to uh, Walmart the next morning when we woke up. Uh, it's like a forty-minute drive, right? Because we're from a small farm town. Went to, went out to the local Walmart, twenty miles away. Wow. And we got, and we got two badminton nets, and we cut out the center. We texted all our friends, and we said, yo. Meet us at our house at one o'clock. We have something for you guys, and we just and we just played for legit hours, man. And it wasn't like it wasn't like we were building a proof of concept or any of that marketing jargon. It was we just set up something random in our backyard. We had fun, and we said, "Why wouldn't every other kid in America have fun with it?" And that's it. That was it. <laughs> that, was it. that was our origin. You know, that, that, that comes to show you, you know, what it really takes to, um, you know, to create a business. <laughs> it's just like a little bit of, a little bit of brain power, you know, a Google yep. search. And then, uh, you know, you just, you just kind of like put something together and see if it works. Um, and, um, and, and, and then, you know, like when, when, when you started, obviously there, there was this idea, you guys kind of like put it together and then the hard, the hard stuff started, right? I mean, you had to, you had to, you know, build product, you had to start shipping, you had to, add, you had to educate people. How, exactly. how did you, how did you educate people that, 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 Hey, there's a new, there's a new sport now, and this is how it works. I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to educate them because it's really putting two existing sports together. Yeah, it's it's decent time time to educate them. You need to like go out and we've seen that the best results come from actually face to face, like getting in front of the customer. So it was around August of 2018. Uh, sorry, August of 2017 when we started and it was cold. It was getting cold in Connecticut, right? Like it's the end of summer. We're from a small farm town. There's no beach nearby. So we said, let's move to Miami. So we packed it up. We moved to a one bedroom apartment in Miami. And we literally had 50 samples to our name and we'd go to the beach every single day hmm. and we'd get, we'd get there at like 10 in the morning, we'd set it up. And by the time we were done setting up, the entire beach was just looking at us like, what is this <laughs> alien of a game you have? Like nobody's ever seen it before. And one person would come over and introduce themselves and then five people. And then by the end of the day, we wouldn't even get to play our own game. And there'd be 50 people on the net. We'd, we'd say, Hey guys, it's time to go home. We got to eat dinner. We'd sell the ver like we'd sell that net to somebody for like a hundred dollars, and then the cool <laughs> thing would be like you would be there on vacation, right? You'd take it back to Long Beach, and then we'd start getting sales from Long Beach, <laughs> and I'd be like, "All right, well, you must be out. He must be out playing right now." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that ha that happened. I distinctly remember that happening with these girls from uh from New Jersey, and uh, yeah, we just kind of got to the point where the more nets out in the world the more organic free marketing we were getting and it just snowballed slowly, uh, but then rapidly. Because it was so unique. Yeah. And it was just a show and tell and, and people could try it on. It's kind of like at, at Whole Foods, uh, sorry, at, yeah, at Whole Foods and Costco when uh, when all of these food companies do their little sampling and you wonder, does mm -hmm. that really work? Well, weirdly enough, it really does work. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, so that's that's super cool. How did the name CrossNet come 
come to you guys? Did it come quickly? Because I want to know how that process was like. It's because you nailed it, right? Because it fits right into the world of sports, right? Volleyball, cross net. You know, I mean, you can you can you can name all of these sports, and it 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 fits there like it's always mm-hmm. been there. Yeah, I mean that's the goal. So I'm glad we're on to something. But uh, it was it was between cross net and air square. Uh, those were the huh. two. And uh, we just kind of thought cross net because the ball's crossing over the net. It doesn't sound as cheesy as air square does. And it yeah. just kind of sounds more legitimate. And I remember we did like a, I think we did like an Instagram poll, like check cross net or air square and cross net got more checks. So we went like, <laughs> and <laughs> and did you, did you do that poll with your personal accounts, I guess, because at that oh, point, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we sent it out to some friends. We got some feelers and uh, cross net won. So yeah, I haven't. Uh, yeah, now now saying the word air square just sound, it sounds awful. So yeah, like, it, 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 there's something about sometimes with a name like that. I mean, and for you guys, I think a lot of that was intuition, right? But mm-hmm. um, you want to tap into the past, right? And cross net are two words that have always been around. It doesn't sound like it's a hipster sport. It sounds like yeah. something that's always been there, and that's exactly. kind of cool, right? Because you want you want to enter the marketplace like that. Yeah, um, and that's the exact goal, man. It's like, and it's tough when you build a new sport. You want to have that newness and that that funness. Fun, that's not even a word. But you want it you is now. <laughs> it is. But you want you also want to be legit, right? It's no longer this is Chris's four way volleyball net from his mom's basement. This is Chris sold at cross net sold at Walmart, and it's a legitimate sport that you need to get right now. Totally, totally. And so. you are talking about Walmart. You're you're in over three thousand locations now, maybe even more by now. But I, I mean, Walmart, exporting goods. You're you're everywhere. How many units? I don't know if this is confidential, but but about how many units are you are you moving any given day now? Yeah, any given day is a tough question, but on an annual basis, well over a hundred thousand. So wow. Yeah, we have ebb and flows like most businesses. Like right now, it's it's the begin middle of August when we're recording. Uh, things are starting to slow down a little bit. And then in early September, we're going to get all the buys from all the retail stores when they stock up, right? So yeah, they'll stock up for the winter, uh, Black Friday, all of that, just like a normal e-commerce business is crazy. And then yep. January, January and February are kind of more prep, prep seasons, which is I'm kind of looking forward to just like being out of the weeds and planning for once rather than just being reactive. It's strategy, so, right? It's strategy, yeah. it's innovation. It's thinking about what else can we do. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't have the foot on the gas 365 days a year. It's just not sustainable. So it is kind of nice. You get those breaks uh, in the colder times. But my whole my whole thing is like, let's get this thing to Australia uh, as a marketer. Uh-huh. I want I want 365 days of sunshine as fast, <laughs> as, fast as possible. So that's the goal. That is awesome, and you guys are on ESPN now, which is which is yeah. pretty amazing. Does that legitimize the product as an actual sport for you? I think so, man. Like, right? yeah. like you, you grow up. Uh, I mean, I remember getting ready for school every morning, eight o'clock, watching ESPN, watching Sports Center before school every day, like hmm. like clockwork. And now CrossNet's on there. Um, amazing, uh, absolutely yeah, amazing. It's <laughs> not like when you invent something. You have your your pretty clear goals, right? Like, I want to be sold at Walmart or Target. And for as a sports company, you want your sport on ESPN. Uh, check. Like, that's amazing. 
Well, and and then the next uh, the next phase, I guess, since we all just uh, you know came out of the Summer Olympics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what what would it take to get uh, Crossnet into the Olympics? I mean, I'm all serious here. It, it, I mean, it just took skateboarding. What like yeah. you know, I, I don't know how many deca- de- decades to get there. But what are your grandest ambitions for for the brand, um, or or better yet, for the sport? Like, what are the grandest ambitions? Like, could the Summer Olympics be a thing one day? Yeah. Hundred percent. I, I, I mean, I think we could both admit there's a lot worse sports in the Olympics that are a lot <laughs> less fun to watch. So uh, I think we're we're onto something good. I, I just know it's going to take time. I, I'm 28, right? Like we've done a lot of cool stuff in three or four years. It's just when you look at the whole thing as a spectrum and how long it takes for a sport to develop. We've done great things in three years, but it's going to take 10 years. It's going to take 15 years. It just simply takes time. And sometimes there's just nothing that you could do besides just needing time. So the Olympics would be amazing. We're working with a lot of Olympic athletes, actually. April Ross, uh, she just won the gold medal uh, hmm. for doubles women's. She comes back and she's a cross net athlete. So oh, awesome! Yeah, we're working with some of the best and best of the best to help grow the sport. Uh, and then going back to your question, like overall goal, I, I don't want. I want CrossNet to to last the test of time, right? Like I want your kids and my kids' kids to be playing. And I I'm working hard to get to the day where somebody looks at a CrossNet and they're not like, what is that? They just accept it, right? Like when you look at a basketball hoop, you're not like, oh, what is that strange hoop? How do I play? So until we get there where everyone knows the rules of CrossNet and knows how to play, like I got a lot of work left to do. Well, yeah, but I mean, what an amazing legacy you already left. I mean, you're 28, for crying out loud, right? <laughs> and you invented a sport that people go crazy over, right? And that that, that, yeah. that is being played. Um, I mean, that that's really, really awesome. I mean, that's, that, that's amazing. And on the same note, right, when you think about it, um, usually a sport is not patented a sport is not trademarked a sport is you know it's like volleyball right like no one owns volleyball there are like 50 mm-hmm. 50 000 volleyball companies out there right that have something to do with it right but exactly. but i mean for you you invented a sport that is highly successful using a very simple product mm-hmm. that must be a piece of cake to replicate inexpensively by potential competitors and so i mean others must try to rip you off right and left but obviously you got the game patented <laughs> you know but yeah. but I can also assume that others still started to copy you. Like, how do you how do you deal? What has your experience been like in that aspect of creating a sport, but yet it's it's you know it's proprietary to to CrossNet? Yeah, man, it's it's frustrating, right? Because you have a patent that is defendable, but then you also, as a business owner, it's like how much money does it take to actually defend this patent, right? Right. And how much of the market share is somebody actually taking? Is half a million dollars in court worth losing one sale a day to a knockoff mm-hmm. that the co- the customer is going to end up being unhappy anyway. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me has just been leveraging brand. It's how do we make CrossNet the most legit version of CrossNet? How do we make you excited and proud? And my biggest goal as a marketer is when your mom accidentally buys that $10 cheaper knockoff or just wants to save some money, I want you as, a, as the customer to be pissed off. Yeah. I want you to be disappointed, right? We all have those Christmas mornings where we woke up and we didn't get the gift we wanted. I want our, I want their customers to feel that way every <laughs> single time. So, I, yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's, that's a really smart, smart way of seeing it because if you create a brand, you can defend it, but if mm-hmm. you create a sport 
that happens to be branded, it's really, really difficult at what point you just start giving in. And and I think that that not that you're not going to go after them, right? You, I'm sure you're going to go after of a course. lot of them, right? Of but course. like you said, I mean, if you have if you have the choice, you know, are you going to invest half a million dollars into going after someone, or are you just going to spend the half a million dollar and build an even an even you know more trustworthy brand, right? A, exactly. a bigger. But what is what is the better way for you to do it? And and I mean, you already own the market. You created the market. It's a different story, right? When you created it people exactly. know that right i mean exactly. you're the original right exactly plus if they're out there playing a knockoff right either one it's gonna break because it sucks or yeah. two they're getting impressions anyway one they're secondly they're they're growing the sport and third they're giving those those billboard impressions to other people mm-hmm. they type in four-way volleyball who pops up Totally. every single time you know it's, so it's like it's not a cur- as bad of a curse as it sounds it's 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 a gateway drug into the real deal that's what it is right i <laughs> exactly. mean it literally is it's kind of like they get a little bit of that taste for you know what what the real thing would be and not 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 to use drug you know ideas right of but course. but that, like that idea that you know yep. like when you try any sport you know you first have a bike you know that has three wheels right and you mm-hmm. first you know and and then you know Come, come 30 years later, you're on a specialized S-Works and you're rocking it, right? And that's, but, exactly. but you always have kind of like that brand that you look up to. And for CrossNet as the sport, it is CrossNet as the brand. So, exactly. I mean, and that's, again, that goes back, you know, to you guys, you know, giving it a really great, a great name that is, uh, that is so ownable. So that, that's awesome. And now you, now you're trying to get into schools, right? So to, to get mm-hmm. the sport adopted early on sounds like a really smart move how, how is that how is how is that adoption rate like how, how, how do you go about that is it just like you like cold outreach or yeah man in the beginning it was now we're we're in over ten thousand schools which is no crazy. way yeah man so kids are literally going to physical education class and learning how to play cross net as like one of their <laughs> one of their weeks like, like that's what they do it's just an amazing feeling. And then we're working on building out after school programs and all of that. But yeah, in the, in the beginning, it was cold outreach, pick up the phone, call the schools, added gym teachers on LinkedIn. Uh, but now it's progressed into catalogs. Every physical education retailer uh, gets a specific catalog, whether it's flag house sports, gopher sports, things that you don't, you're not really familiar with these catalogs right, right. until you're like in the world. But yeah, we're front and center in those catalogs as one of the premier products. Um, sell hundreds of days to, to schools, which is an amazing feeling. And now we're trying to do intramural programs to at colleges, which will be the next level. And um, and does uh, does CrossNet also work in a, in a gym, like inside? You know, we talked about it being seasonal, but does it work indoors? Yeah, it does. So that was awesome. one big demand that we got was uh, your product only sets up in sand and grass. So we had to create bases to make it indoor, uh, which also helped with like, customer lifetime value, right? Um, totally. You, you love CrossNet, now you get to pay 100 bucks to, to get the bases inside that are more permanent. It's definitely for the more power user or the gym teacher, but yeah, it definitely sells. Or someone who really flexes with their house to actually have a space that is so tall ceiling and so wide. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We've seen, we've seen some videos for sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, let, let's talk about let, the perfect transition. Uh, videos, influencers, power users. Let's talk a little bit more into, in, into the digital, um, you know, aspect of your brand. A, a huge help for e-commerce brands or totally overrided hype as far as influencers goes. You know, like, do you think that influencers, um, you know, like f- for you guys, was it was was it big? Did you actually spend money on influencers or did you grow people into becoming, you know, influencers without having to spend the money? How, how did it work for you? Yeah, for us, 
I've always thought of influencers like they're they're great to use, but you need to. I look at them as more content creators rather than putting all my eggs in one basket. When you're like early on, right? Let's let's just say you have five hundred dollars to spend on marketing. Three four years ago, I would have much rather put five hundred bucks into Facebook, into the piggy bank, and got my impressions that way, rather than trusting some random influencer was going to get me sales. So what I would do is I would pay that influencer two hundred bucks for a good piece of content and not have them post, I would just have them become a content creator and then I would go upload the footage on Facebook and run the ads on it. These I, I would bet on myself rather than the influencers following, which may or may not be fake, right? Yeah. Um, but as we've grown, as I'm not sure if you, how familiar you are with all the iOS changes, but Facebook advertising is continuing to get more and more difficult. It costs way more to get a customer to my site than it used to cost three years ago. Uh, so now we're trying to diversify and put more money into influencers, but they're also a dime a dozen, right? Like 10,000 impressions or 10,000 impressions, as long as it's kind of in the same industry, uh, you can't just hand over cash and the keys of the kingdom to these influencers who want thousands of dollars. Cause uh, a good example, I, I found a really good influencer online. He charges me 500 bucks a video and the last two videos he did, He's got over a million impressions and got picked up by Bleacher Report and House of Highlights, which are like <laughs> massive publications for yeah. us. So, like, when you find the ones that work, keep working with them. Don't 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 run to the next ones. That's great. That's really really great advice. Um, and and I'm gonna put you with my next question. I'm, I'm gonna put you a little bit on the spot here, which I I think you feel quite comfortable. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. But <laughs> I, I believe you're you're quite a savvy marketer. And and here's a question for you: It's brand meets marketing, right? Mm -hmm. In in e-commerce, email addresses are key, right? Making sure yep. to get people to opt in so that you can start a funnel and likely offer incentives such as obviously discounts, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if someone listening uh, runs one of the few brands that are in the luxury space and you and I chatted a little bit before that so you know that's a very selfish question of mine too but let's just say <laughs> anyone out there happens to have you know a, a, a brand that's in the luxury space and they refuse to ever discount their products mm -hmm. how do you think they could still play the email opt-in game what what ways are there for them to get people to opt in without offering you know crazy discounts on their on their product that's a good question. So we're trying to experiment with the same thing because I went down the rabbit hole of offering $10 off on our site for the longest time. And we still do. Um, we see time and time again, customers don't need the $10 off to convert. They buy it everywhere else. Um, so if I was in that situation, rather than discounting, you could do a giveaway. Um, not that you want to give away and have that image, but hey, we're giving away, let, let's just say, let's just pretend we're Louis Vuitton, right? Uh, yeah. They're pretty infamous for not discounting. Hey, we're giving away one Louis Vuitton handbag. That's not going to break the bank and it's not going to ruin your image. Just swipe up and, and leave your SMS, right, to enter the raffle. And we do this once, once a month. So CrossNet, we just started actually yesterday. Every day we're going to have a swipe up uh, for SMS. Enter your SMS or email. We give away one free CrossNet a week. Something simple. It doesn't ruin our brand image at all and we get yeah. tons of opt-ins. Uh, so giveaways are really good. And also another one cool thing that we we've been doing that you could do on the luxury side is like enter to like win a win a, a meeting to like hang out with X XYZ celebrity, right? Like for us, um, we have gold medal Olympians. Right. Opt in right. And, and spend a day. Spend a day with April Ross. Spend a day with one of our best players. Like come hang out. We'll fly you out to California. You can learn volleyball tips, all that good stuff. Oh, go on a go on a shopping spree with so and so. 
So there, there's ways to monetize yeah. and also and connect you with whatever uh, marketing figure you have that's close to your brand without discounting and cheapening the brand. Those are those are real good and and, and real fun examples, right? Uh, that 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 any brand can do, you know, easily. And I mean, for the, the Louis Vuitton idea, right? I mean, maybe it's not just a handbag. Maybe it's a handbag that is you know created in 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 collaboration with you know a big artist, and it's only one exactly. of a kind. Like they can still make it that it's only one of a kind, right? So there's exactly. not that. Um, and and talking about talking about collaborations. Um, how did you your brand started collaborating? Um, you know, in, in recently with with other brands, uh, for instance, with Black Wolf Nation. Yep. How how did how did how did your collaboration with Black Wolf Nation come about? And and how do you see the power of collaborating with brands? And and, and when when do you feel like it's right? And when do you feel like it's not right? Yeah, I, I think of it as one. It's a great one. It's 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 amazing to. Uh, share an audience and own your audience that way. It's harder, like I've been saying, it's harder to acquire new customers than it's ever been before. So if you can leverage into a partner uh, who has a larger audience or same size audience, it's always good to do a collab if it makes sense. Uh, with Black Wolf, those, those are just really good buddies of mine. They've been, uh, we, we both hit the Forbes 30 under 30 last year. Yeah, congrats. Uh, Saw yeah. We've been in contact for, I don't know, well over two years now. We went out to dinner a few months back in Florida. So we it just kind of made sense right like you're out playing cross how many times have i did sunburnt they're they're great at making men's skin skin work uh let's let's do a sunscreen so they did what they're really good at which was e-commerce i did what i was really good at which was retail i got us nationwide into 287 dillard's locations <laughs> they blew it they blew it up on social media and yeah it was a, a really good win -win. Partnership. yeah yeah exactly so that's that been well we did one with wilson wilson makes our balls now oh wow which, that's huge Congrats. Yeah, so that, that's big that was that was the first one that was that was the the stamp of approval right it's no longer this is just a four-way volleyball game this is four-way volleyball with the official ball by wilson like now that's now that's legit you know totally legit yeah so that's then and, and that's the power of collaboration right there right so uh never be never be afraid to reach out to others because they they, they want your audience or your social media savvy or whatever whatever they can find in your brand uh, just as much as you like whatever they have to offer right so exactly yeah um, and, and joint giveaways have been really good for for people looking to grow their own instagram and socials like like i said it's been tough so we've been doing weekly giveaway bi-weekly giveaways with like-minded brands we have one with a, a beach blanket company right now. We did one with a, a cabana company the other week. Got 11,000 email opt-ins from this one, wow. one week campaign. Like that's, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're, you're a super data-driven marketer, which, which comes as no surprise given, given the e-commerce landscape that you're navigating in. But did you, did you ever go against uh, any of the data, any of your early customer data and did a gutsy move solely based on instinct where you felt like, I know what I see on the screen tells me I should move in this direction, but I really think we should do something totally different. Uh. Good question. Got me a little stumped. I think the best thing is like on our on our landing page, uh, time and time again, every marketer keeps telling me we shouldn't have the product so front and center. Uh, but I'm more of a conversion focused marketer, right? If, if somebody comes to my site and they don't know how to buy it, I'm not going to make them scroll down 10 times to purchase it. So like on our site, you'll see CrossNet within like the first scroll. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's one thing that I mean, time and time again, people are like, oh, you should probably move it down. But whenever I do move the product away from the top of the fold and never converts as well. So I don't want to not make money. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's one thing that comes to mind. 
your data, your data through and through. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When when you look back at you know the the four of you guys, you know si sitting 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 at home, um, you know trying to come up with an idea to you know to your first big breakthrough. What what was the big breakthrough? Like when did you feel like okay, this is this is not this is no longer a startup idea or just a little yeah. startup. We are actually moving into becoming a brand or an actual sport. Yeah, it was a grind, dude. 18, 18 months of not paying yourself, working on <laughs> up, working on Upwork, seeing the money just dwindle. Uh, and then one night, and like the, the biggest thing is just having perseverance to keep going. You never know when your next break's going to be. You never know when that light bulb is going to flick on, right? So if anyone's starting up, like you just got to keep grinding. But we shipped a we shipped a net to Latvia. Some guy reached out to us on on Instagram. We sent it to him. It was like two hundred dollars a ship. And I never heard back from him. And then one night, I remember waking up and my phone was just going crazy. And we woke up to a viral video from the Latvian Olympic volleyball team. And <laughs> there was like twelve million views, six thousand comments. Our Shopify store was just going crazy. I wake up. We were struggling at retail at that time. We were in two stores. We're only in two stores. And I got an email from my buyer who had been ignoring me for like half a year now. <laughs> and he said, yo, they all sold out overnight. I don't know what the hell happened, but uh, can I, can we go nationwide with you guys in 32 locations? I was like, Jesus. So wow. at, at one little moment, man, we shipped a random net to Latvia. We woke up with a viral video. We then take that video and monetize it on Facebook. And that was the start to, to CrossNet 2.0. That is unbelievable. That is such an awesome story. I, I, I love that. And, and, then, and then, so you, you then utilized that video that already went, went viral once, and then you, you, um, you used that video in, in the future. Do you, have, like, yeah. do, you, do you have agreements with those people and say, hey, can we do this? Like, can we, can yeah. we sign something? Okay, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, well, that was the success. What was the enormous brand fail you went through? I mean, creating product is tough. S shipping mm -hmm. product is tough. Um, you know, making sure it resonates with the consumer is tough. Was there anything that was like a, a huge fail where you think like people can learn from it, where it's just like, oh my God, like that was, that was bad. Yeah, man. Supply chain. Supply chain is so tough and it's becoming a, a tougher and tougher issue with the price of containers. But I got two two stories for you. Uh, <laughs> one last year, right in the peak of COVID. Granted, most people weren't prepared for COVID, so you kind of get a uh, kind of get a, a pass. But we yeah. were forty thousand units back ordered last year. Forty thousand. Wow. So we just we just kept outselling. And it was poor planning on our part. So like right now, if you got if you haven't purchased your Q4 Black Friday inventory already, like you're already too late. You need forecast, you need planning, no matter how small or no, how big you are, you always need to prepare for stuff that happens. Uh, another example is we just dropped the CrossNet for the pool. It's called CrossNet H2O. And we underestimated ourselves. We bought like 5,000 units thinking that would last. We sold 5,000 out in like a week. And now this entire summer, we've been struggling to like get inventory in uh, just because of all the, the trade issues right now. But had so we just had so, we prepared, we would have been fine. So, so what do you do in a case like this, right? So, when 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 you you know you don't have enough, you don't have enough units, but there's huge mm -hmm. demand. I mean, is there a way to create like wait lists, or is there a way like is is there a way to keep people excited and still get their money one way or the other? 
Yeah, so we, we do accept orders. We do tell the customer several times through tons of email notifications and also on-site, like, hey, your order is expected to ship on this date. Uh, this confirms that your order is like locked in. If you don't place your order now, you're just going to have to keep waiting because the line's only going to continue to grow. And then from a manufacturing and business standpoint, things I could have done were, hey, I could have worked on an agreement that I have now with my manufacturer. Yo, you guys continue to make product, and we'll pay you the second that we need it shipped. So rather than us saying have, having to go to our manufacturer and saying, hey, we need another 2,500, start from scratch, they could have had already the 2,500 made with, say, a 10% down payment, and then shipped the rest to me when I gave them the 90%. But now I have to wait an extra 30 days because they haven't even started making the damn thing. Right, right, exactly. That's smart. Super smart. Really interesting. Very interesting. Well, let's let's uh, let's move from logistics and marketing to 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 branding for 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 a quick second. Um, mm -hmm. What what does what does branding mean to you? I mean, we you know you 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 you're a CMO. I mean, you're a marketer. You know, uh, you've been doing absolutely fantastic. You built you built. A, a tremendous brand in a sport while you were at it. <laughs> what what does branding mean to you? Because it's such a weird word, branding, right? Like people always think, oh, it's just a logo, and you, you know. But but what what is it to you? To me, it's legitimacy and trust. There's so many options. I'm just looking around my kitchen right now, right? There's I have crackers, I have protein powder, I have a seventy dollar Yeti water bottle that does the same thing as my four dollar Yeti, like not Yeti <laughs> water bottle. It's why, why, why do my customers want to choose me instead of anybody else? And how do you make them feel confident that they made the right choice? And that's everything that we do from marketing to the way we communicate, to the way we message, to our billboards, to our commercials. This is the coolest damn product. You're about to have the time of your life on the beach or in your backyard, and you're missing out if you're not playing. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you would, if you would take what you just said and you would you I, I would force you very kindly. I would force <laughs> you to to put all of what all of what is crossnet right the brand the sport through a funnel and out comes one word you know or two words to to you what does crossnet stand for like from a, from a brand right from an emotional feeling so you know Coke is happiness Evelyn is transparency you know Sappos is wow you know service mm -hmm. like what 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 would crossnet be. For me, it's nostalgia. Just oh, interesting. Feeling, feeling like a kid again. There's just so many times in your life where you, you just miss not having, at least from a, a personal perspective, yeah, I miss yeah. when my hand was not shaped around my phone and where I wasn't getting notifications 100 times a day. If I could just have my customers go out and like feel good for 15 minutes and forget about all the stupid shit going on in the world like and yeah. have fun, yeah, that's a, that's a win. So nostalgia. That is so cool. I have not expected that word uh, in a million times, I even though it makes so much sense with Foursquare and the whole the whole idea behind mm -hmm. it. But it's yeah, that's 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 really great. I, I love the thinking behind that too. What is um you know as as you as you were were working your th yourself as as a as a founder, you were a first time founder with this company, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had some e-commerce stuff on the side, but like to this magnitude, I mean, we have 25 employees now. Yeah, we're, we're learning as we go. But, but you're not, so, so you've been always entrepreneurially minded. Um, so, so you've, you, you know, you've been, you've been working with the idea of building brands for a while now. What, 
what 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 is a piece of brand advice uh, that you might have not mentioned yet because you already dropped a lot of good stuff but you know what what is a piece of brand advice for founders uh, you know kind of like as a takeaway as we slowly you know round this up where you feel like here here's something that 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 we did or we didn't do right <laughs> and and we think others can learn from yeah well we don't need to get into my past startup experience but i can tell you that i gave up on a startup that i was involved in after almost two years of really going hard at it and about four months later, they dropped a new product and it went viral and they made millions of dollars. <laughs> and I always I always regretted that, right? But I, I did what I did. I moved on from it. But I knew when I started CrossNet, I just needed to keep going because I knew I was onto something. I truly believed in it. And I knew as long as I kept working hard and making small progress, things were going to pan out. Um, they did, thank God. But for anybody listening who is just going through it, right, and just doesn't see positive success, like just keep going and look for the smallest, smallest like improvements. It will add up over time. And then hopefully you'll be on the podcast too and chatting four years later being like, damn, how'd we get through this? But like, it was all worth it. So my biggest thing for anyone starting or just going through it is just keep going. Like you got to keep fighting for what you, what you want to do. And if you believe in your company, like just keep going, It, it doesn't get simpler. And just and just ship your product to the smallest country you can possibly find on the map <laughs> and wait for the viral video to come back to you. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the plan. That's great. Great advice. Um, listen, what, what's next for the CrossNet brand? I know you already told me that, uh, you know, like, like summer's coming to an end. But once, you know, once once February hits, once you start, you know, putting your thinking heads on again um, as, as a brand, like what, what are you planning on? Is there anything you can reveal or is everything hush hush? What are yeah, you excited man. about? Got a few products in the pipe that are still hush hush. Um, the e- so we just went on ESPN uh, last week, which was amazing, and we're gonna have some global world tours. I want to have uh, I want to have tournaments in Canada. I want to have tournaments throughout the United States. Europe's been showing us a lot of love. So my goal within the next like ninety to one hundred twenty days, possibly, uh, reveal the world tour for the next like big six tournaments where there'll be like a nice $10,000 cash prize or $20,000 cash prize, have players compete all, all across the world, which would be amazing. So awesome. So, so awesome. Well, listen, where, where can people follow you either personally or, or the company? Where can they go to pick up a net and a ball and, and, and get playing? Absolutely. You could, uh, best place to get us is crossnetgame.com. Uh, we're also in, well over 3,000 retail shops at the moment. So hopefully in your sporting goods section, if we're not there, please ask for us. Uh, and then follow along, uh, Chris Mead, probably on LinkedIn or Twitter is probably the best spots. And you ship internationally, I assume? No, oh, we certainly do. We just opened up <laughs> a, a 3PL in Europe and also Australia. So looking forward to it. That is awesome. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. It was such a huge pleasure having you on. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Chris Mead of CrossNet. This is a podcast about brand strategy and startup success, but so often, like today, these stories go much further than that, and they reach deep into human ambition or even into digital marketing. (laughs) And that is why I personally love this show. There isn't an episode where I don't learn something myself, and quite often, I get the chills because of the human stories associated with the hustle of building a brand. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have. And if so, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. I say it all the time. Please do so. I really would appreciate it. 
Hitting the Mark is produced by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. This episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.